Can you imagine that? Married 60, almost 64 years. And, uh, and, and what, it's been great. Yeah. So what are the keys? I mean, so many people today, they don't, they don't have anything like that. Your, your mother and I have been buddies, friends, lovers, and uh, uh, just, uh, we, we just enjoy being with each, with each other. Then I make sure that we go out for breakfast every day. You know, people look at us and they can just see we're over there. We're laughing about things. We're, we, we kid back and forth. We enjoy each other. And it's, it's a blast. Hi, and welcome to Stuttering Your Way to Success with Eric Weir. I'm here with one of my mentors, one of my favorite guests, and someone I call Dad, my father, Brian Weir. Welcome to the show today. <laughs> well, thank you very much, son. And uh, it's, uh, it's really been the highlight of my life, uh, being your dad. <laughs> and, uh, and it uh, certainly has kept me on my toes. Hasn't always been easy. Haven't I done some things to some property of yours and things along the years that were exciting? Well, easy was never a word we used a lot. <laughs> we, uh, pursuing, you know, and uh, uh, but uh, uh, it's been an absolute fabulous experience, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for uh, for for anything, and uh, um, you know. And the thing is that the, uh, uh, you know, we uh, we started off so young, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, uh, uh, you know, we just, uh, you know, participating in you uh, in things that you were doing um, all the way to uh, um, watching you in karate classes as you took the karate classes and then uh, you becoming the instructor uh, in the karate classes. <laughs> And then me being harassed into taking karate classes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was. Uh, but I enjoyed every bit of it: the bruises, the hurt joints, <laughs> and so forth. But it was uh, something that uh, you know I can look back on with fond memories. I, I, I remember you as a fan. I remember one of my first big karate tournaments that uh, I was fighting, and I done well and I was fighting the southeastern champion you're really doing well too <laughs> and I was uh I got the first points in and I was I was surprised because they like you'd line up and you line up next to your competitors and I did a spinning back kick and I I caught him on a jump so I folded him in half in the air and I was so thrilled with that and and I remember him giving me a very unhappy look after that yeah. and my father screaming lay down lay down and I remember being like, that's, that's the man I admire the most is telling me pretty much to surrender and lay down. He's coming down uh, th th through the, uh, the bleachers. Lay down, lay down, lay down. And it really, I got to tell you, I've been pr pretty focused in life, but that really derailed me. And I remember looking at him thinking like, don't kill me. <laughs> so, I was ahead, but it was, it was, it was one of those times. Well, I, I did start down to the, uh, to the mat. Yes. Uh, you know, to uh, be sure that the uh, the instructor wouldn't uh, turn on you. And it's, uh, but anyway, it all turned out well. And 
Yeah, that was a fun time. And it was, you know, Dad did not come down in a parachute. No, I did, I, did hear, I did hear the voices, though. Now, 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 what was it like? I mean, you, you were born in, in 1938, and you were born in Canada. What was, it like? was it, what was it like in Canada? And then you moved to America. What was that like? You moved from, from Canada. Well, I'll tell you what. Being born in Canada, it was cold. <laughs> we, we'll get that out of the way right off the bat. But it was, uh, uh, you know, it was you accept it as life. You don't know any, any difference. Uh, there were... Uh, you know, when I was born, of course, there were, you know, we didn't have the TVs and everything. And I know on the weekends uh, when we had uh, uh, some program on, uh, on the radio, my sister and I would both lay on the, the living room floor and we'd stare at the radio and listen to uh, uh, Big John and Sparky or whatever, whatever other show was on. But it was, uh, uh, we enjoyed it very much. My dad was a very hard worker, and uh, I didn't have an opportunity to spend a lot of time with my dad. Uh, my dad would, you know, hold down a couple of jobs, and yeah. and uh, and it was a tough time. I mean, it was, you know, I was a uh, I was a young child during the war, and uh, my dad was um, uh, my dad was unable to serve in the uh, in the service because he had a fractured skull. And they wouldn't accept them in the military, and so my my dad was involved in the uh, uh, you know in uh, supporting the uh, the troops and what was available there in Canada. But uh, um, no, I, and you know we didn't have we didn't have the uh, the play parks and things like that up there when I was a kid. We uh, um, the street was our uh, was our play park. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lived in a uh, in a fourplex, and uh, uh, thankful that we lived on the uh, the second floor because the people below would constantly beating on the ceiling with a broom <laughs> that we would uh, hush up. But uh, and I can't tell you how many times that uh, um, you know I was chased, hollering for my parents to open up the door because somebody was after me. And it was usually somebody else's father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it was, uh, you know, I played a lot of ice hockey. My dad played pro hockey. Um, uh, you know, when he was a young man, he played for the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, and I had, uh, you know, visions of going ahead and playing pro hockey myself. And I played on, uh, you know, a number of teams up uh, and... Uh, uh, I played uh, left wing. I remember that position, and uh, that was the only one I really wanted to play. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, in the wintertime, you put on your ice skates, and uh, you took them off. Um, my mother wouldn't let us wear them to bed, so we'd have to take them off on the, uh, uh, as we came in the door downstairs. And we took the skates off and made sure they were on a, a rubber pad as the ice would melt off them. But we skated everywhere. You know, those were really, you know, got up in the morning, didn't put boots on or anything else, put the skates on. Skated in the street, skated on the sidewalk, and uh, uh, and just skated. <laughs> that was it. 
Well, that had to be a big, a big adjustment when your family moved from, from Canada to California. So I, it's interesting. I guess the, I'm the first generation born in America on your side anyway. So, so what was that like going from Canada where you, you're skating to you moved to, 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 to Northern California? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was really um, uh, great because uh, we ended up, we moved there in, uh, in January. And uh, so we got to leave all the uh, all the snow and ice behind, and and uh, moved to the Bay Area, and it was uh, uh, it was nice. We, uh, uh, you know, I got uh, I was able to get my, uh, um, you know, get a bike and uh, uh, just pedaled everywhere, getting to know the area and so forth like this and. One of the first things I ended up doing was get a job delivering newspapers just to make pocket money. Uh, I was never big on going around and, you know, asking for money. I wanted to earn my own. And so uh, that's what I did. And and uh, as a matter of fact, up in Canada, I used to go around collecting bottles at construction sites and load them up in a buggy and take them all the way up to the store to, get, to cash them in. So... You know, I've always had the work ethic and and uh, the same work ethic that you have today. And it's, uh, um, you didn't wait for somebody else to do it for you. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah well, well, I learned that from you. And I know growing up in an entrepreneurial family that a lot of our listeners, you know, you have successes, you have setbacks. And um, one of the things we talk about is perseverance and pushing through, but realize there's no success without setback. One, you know, you, you may remember lots of setbacks. Are there some that, that you, had, you had a setback and you had to start over that you, you, you want to share, our company should share with, with our listeners? Well, you know, I, I mean, I decided that uh, I wanted to move all of you, the whole family, up in, up in the country. So we moved to a small town called Quincy, California, and I started up a... Uh, uh, a, a wholesale produce business supplying schools and hospitals and and also uh, I had the proverbial uh, fruit stand on the side of the road mm-hmm. that people could drive up and and uh, um, you know when we uh, uh, but uh, that was I used to go down to the to uh, the Bay Area every uh, uh, once a week and then go to the produce market at about four in the morning and and uh, Buy everything I needed and load it up on the truck, and and uh, uh, you know, and then uh, with that, your mother would have opened the produce stand, and mm-hmm. so the people could buy, and and uh, uh, you know, we made it work, and it, uh, uh, but uh, you know, I realized that uh, um, you couldn't make the kind of living that I wanted to, for my family, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, uh, we ended up, we, uh, you know, we sold the business, but uh, providing was uh, not something I did a lot of second guessing about. I just did it, and uh, it's uh, it's worked out. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, for sure, for sure. So, are there any funny stories about about you know? I, I remember as a, as, a, as a kid g- g- growing up and and seeing you know. Uh, us doing really well, and then seeing a, a, a setback, and then seeing this. Actually, uh, I mentioned this in Who's Eating Your Pie. We next thing you know, we're we drive across the country, we're living with family, and then you found a business, right? Yeah. And that business becomes successful, and you sell the business. So, what was that like, knowing that you you hit bottom, 
you know, a lot of people are concerned now about a recession and things of that nature we may be facing. What was it like to hit bottom and what was it like to, to come back? And as a, from a kid looking in, I never knew we didn't have anything. It was never missed a meal, never missed anything. Actually uh, look back at that time with fond memories. I think you violated some child labor laws though, and uh, oil changing <laughs> and things I got, got, got my arm twisted into. I thought that payment, labor laws. I thought that payment was a, a like soda that. or candy. I didn't realize that, that there were laws that you're yep. probably violated wholeheartedly. But, well, but tell are, me about your starting your company. Yeah, I, there are laws about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's oh, right. okay. <laughs> well, luckily, I'm not in violation of any of the child labor laws at this point in my life. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was tough. I mean, I, I remember we, uh, uh, we started, we ended up with a business. We, saw, uh, we ended up, we moved to Northern, uh, you know, before... So it was all a process, mm -hmm. but uh, we moved up to uh, Northern California and, and uh, outside of Redding, California, and I opened up a business up there, and uh, um, you know I opened up a truck repair business, and also went ahead and contacted Hertz Truck Rental, and I became a dealer for them, and and uh, started moving along in that uh, in that respect, and it uh, it worked out well. You know, sometimes there's parts of it that uh, you want to uh, forget in your life as you, <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, but I'll tell you what, as a, uh, I contacted every trucking company around and I was renting the trucking company's backup trucks to use in a, during the peak of summer. I made contracts with the Forest Service and supplied them with, with vans for them to move, uh, you know, uh, uh, supplies up during the forest fires and and things like this, and so we uh, we never overlooked any opportunity that was uh, that was out there, and we uh, but uh, uh, we uh, eventually decided that uh, y you know why don't we uh, how about if we move to the south mm -hmm. and uh, um, you know and that uh, and that was a good move I. I actually came, we came to the south and opened up for a trucking company. We opened up the whole southeast for Pacific Intermountain Express that had never been here before and uh, set them up, hired the drivers and, and what have you and took delivery on all the equipment and, and what have you. And it was, uh, uh, it was a success. And, uh, and because of that, we, you know, I was offered other positions with other companies and eventually I ended up with uh, Walmart Logistics, mm -hmm. and I went with them and uh, opened up distribution centers around the country and supplied all the areas that they, um, I supplied all the transportation for everything they needed. You know, I'd, I'd have up to 300, uh, uh, you know, 300 drivers and, uh, uh, and a lot of equipment. <laughs> And we take it all the way from you know Northern California all the way up to the Canadian border, mm -hmm. and that's the way that happened. But it was it was interesting, and uh, and then one day, uh, let's see, I seem to remember <laughs> retiring. That yeah. was a short retirement, right? Yeah, I, I I'd served my time with with Walmart, and I I went ahead and retired, and uh, you know I had. A, income from them and and it was uh, you know it was really good and uh, uh, after three days the phone <laughs> rang 
and somebody said, uh, hey, Dad, and made it sound like I was about to step onto a vacation time. <laughs> Why don't you come with me, work with us as a family, and um, you can work three days a week. Oh, how'd that work for you? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, so... Um, I figured that uh, after a while that Eric was really stuttering because he uh, meant to say, you know, five days a week, but it came out <laughs> three. And, uh, um, but anyway, uh, I never did see three days a week, and uh, I saw more five and six, but uh, it's been a blast. I can't, I can't believe it that... Uh, uh, 20 years went by so fast from answering that phone call. And uh, uh, and like uh, Walmart, uh, they uh, transferred, we transferred uh, a lot of different places. <laughs> we did. That's, that's the, true. That's true. We were in the Bay Area. We were in Tahoe. And then, uh, and then we came here to the south, and uh, um, we just... Uh, and the business continued to grow and grow, and and uh, and I uh, and I have a lot of fun building houses, developing areas. Uh, 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 it's uh, it's been a um, a wonderful opportunity, and uh, um, you know, it's truly. Uh, been the the highlight of my uh, my working life you know to think though that i would have spent 20 years doing this um well it won't do any good to put knock my head on this table but uh, 20 years it's a lot right <laughs> 20 years is a lot that is, that is. It's, it's been great having you. It's been lots of fun. Yeah. I've, I've learned a lot from you. One of the things you came in, you were, you were, you were uh, I guess you were brainwashed by Walmart, and you were uh, trying to bring in an austerity program that uh, trying to change the hotels we stayed in into more Walmart-approved hotels. And yeah. that was quite uncomfortable at first. So, so we're still reeling from that some 20 years later. <laughs> but, 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 but growing up with you, one of the things that was always consistent is you would say, you know, family, family matters, family comes first, you've got your, you know, you, you got your family. Explain to me why that was important to you and what does that mean to you? That well, that family always important. came first, I mean, with ours. And, and my, you know, my dad worked, uh, you know, so many of the times, a couple of jobs, but family always came first. And, and it, uh, um, you know, my, uh, uh, he didn't do, a, didn't do a lot of traveling. Uh, uh, he was an, a, uh, an engineer. And, um, uh, you know, frequently they would ask him to go to another location uh, for a short time to train some additional people in some of the engineering aspects of uh, maintaining equipment and things like that. But, uh, um, no, my dad was always, uh, he was there, and we always look forward to the winter time because my dad would always load a, my sister and I up on a sled and take us through the snow and, mm -hmm. and so forth like this. And... Uh, um, it, uh, but he was, uh, he was a good dad and, uh, he did what he could and times were different then, mm -hmm. you know, but thank God my mom and dad were able to retire to Palm Springs, bought a home down there and enjoyed many years down there. And, uh, you know, eventually, uh, their health 
uh, played out on them. I, uh, and uh, we brought them to live with us. Mm-hmm. And they lived with us for a number of years. And, uh, and then from, uh, from there, we were, <clears throat> we were able to um, have them in a nursing home that was close by. Your mother never missed a day going by to see how they were doing in a nursing home. And as a matter of fact, she'd leave at uh, midnight and go up to the nursing home just to see if somebody was going to be there watching out for their your grandparents oh, and making sure that they were comfortable and everything. That's great. Well, well growing up with you, I remember your word was, a, you always say your word's your bond. You know, yep. do, oh, say what you do, what you say. And I've seen you actually come home and, and lose a job. Over over your principles, you, yeah. you, you lost a job, and that was one of the times we started over as a kid. I remember like, wow, that's interesting. But you just you, you put that in us, and and, and what, so I thought I, I've always respected that about you. And you've got another a big day coming up soon uh, next month, sixty four years of marriage. So <laughs> can you imagine that? You've married sixty almost sixty four years, and um, and, and what, it's been great. Yeah. So, what are the keys? I mean, so many people today they don't they don't have anything like that. <laughs> and you've been you've lived in multiple states. You've been through ups and downs. You've been through highs and lows. You've been <clears> without <throat> jobs. You've had yep. you've had assets that were there then weren't there. And then you've you've you've, you've been royal flush. You've had everything. So, what's the what's the key? What what are some of the keys that we're listening to today that can, can lead someone to be married sixty three sixty four years? Well, the big one is, yes, dear. <laughs> and, but once you have that down, um, no, it's, it's, we were, you know, your, your mother and I have been buddies, friends, lovers, and uh, uh, just, uh, we, we just enjoy being with each, with each other. I mean, we still go out every day, and, uh, um, you know, your mother's prepared meals for so many years, that I make sure that we go out for breakfast every day. And, you know, people look at us and they can just see <laughs> we're over there, we're laughing about things, we're, we, we kid back and forth, we enjoy each other. And I, it's, it's a blast. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. You walk by people, you walk by couples, and you see them eating and just staring at each other or looking away or looking at their phone. You guys are always laughing. I've never, I've joined you for over a hundred breakfasts and they go to the same place, by the way, for local stacks. It's like they know them when they're there. They come on Easter Sunday, they get a table right away. There's one meal a day minimum at this restaurant. So it's like a club for them, but it's so funny. I walk in to join you. Everybody knows you and they're all, they're always, you're always, always talking. Now you have grandchildren. And you've also talked about connectivity. So a lot of us, some listeners or parents or grandparents, what's the value of relationship? And how, you know, how do you stay connected to another generation? I mean, just, just you know, the well, kids Well, you do things, you make, and, you make things happen and, and, and uh, include them as, as part of it. You know, like I, I, I don't know whether I said it or not, but I make, I make a point of taking every grandchild to breakfast by themselves so that the whole time is spent with them. Mm. And we talk about them, just like this morning, talking with Matthew. And, uh, you know, and then bringing him out to the car and opening the trunk of the car as he was leaving. And he has a choice of we keep like 10 bags 
of popcorn in the back of the car, <laughs> yes. and he grab a couple, and he grabs those, and here he is. I mean, he's a, he's a grown man walking off with the popcorn under his arm, and he says, are we going to be able to eat again this week before I leave town? <laughs> and, and we're set up, and now, and so Saturday, I mean, we're meeting with Matthew again, and we're meeting with your brother, Mark, mm-hmm. and we're meeting with Catherine. Mm. your brother's daughter mm-hmm. and so we're keeping it to keep it together and it doesn't happen by itself mm. you got to get out there and make it happen and uh, and and of, and of course you know the other the other sons your other grandsons are they're the same too they get included and not all together right but I'll, one at a time. And so it's intentional. You're intentional to absolutely, maintain relationships. Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's the way to do it because then you don't have, a, 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 you know, a grandson and a granddaughter sitting with each other. Oh, I've been doing this. No, I've been, what do you know? I'm going to, and there's, you're, they're not competing. It's what they have to say and tell us about what's going on in their lives. And that's important. Yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm listening to this, and I continue. I learn from you every time I'm around you. So that, that's fantastic. And and what you've been in leadership. You've been with Fortune 500 companies. You've been to Fortune 50 companies. You've yeah. had hundreds and hundreds of, of employees and lots of direct reports. You've served in the military. A lot of things have gone on in life. So how do you transfer values? I mean, you saw how you maintain relationship, but how do you transfer values to people uh, in, in this in this day and time? I'll tell you what, it's just a conversation. Um, You have to talk to people, and you have to do it face-to-face. It's not done on a cell phone, and it's not done in a, you know, in a a letter directing, but it has to be done face-to-face, and especially the big changes, you know. I mean, I've stood in there in, in in front of... 300 men and tell them about changes that were going to be occurring with the company and uh, and wanting to hear feedback from them and many felt encouraged to be able to stand up and say well we've been concerned about this and that one thing that they'd be concerned about may answer a question for 50 other men, 50 other drivers, and it just makes a difference. Hmm. And they want to be able to see your face. They don't want to get a note down from somebody saying, from now on you do this. From now on you take a 45-minute lunch instead of an hour or any of this stuff. Stand face-to-face with them Hmm. and nose-to-nose if you have to and tell them this is the way it's going to be. But you tell them in a way that you're doing it with dignity and respect. And uh, I think that's lost in so many ways that people communicate nowadays. Well, dignity and respect that's, and being intentional. That, that's great. I remember as a kid grow, growing up, there was a, when I was younger and, and you know, we, we would have a time. You were very, very key around meals together. And today it seems to have pivoted to breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's been there for some time, but yeah. but it used to be dinner. You know, breakfast is a new thing. Dinner. Maybe not that new. Oh, yeah. Maybe twenty yeah. years, but yeah. it used to be dinner. We have dinner together as a family. As a family. No yes. television. We're going to see how it went every day, and always have friends over. We would so, talk and we would laugh and everything else. So why was that important? Was, you know, my friends would come over. They felt comfortable at, at the house. I always had, you know, two, three, four people. But I remember being inclusive. So why was it? Why was it important for you to create an environment that other people wanted to be around? And that cost money, right? You had to buy food. You, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? I never thought of it as creating an environment that people would just want to be around. I never thought of that, that way. I thought of it just including people in uh, in in our lives, and just like your friends. I mean, we used to have it was the, the hangout in the neighborhood. And you know, a lot of people thought we had four sons. I mean, they, right. they they were they were there all the time, you know. And then when they started driving cars, there was no place to park on our side of the street, and it, and it, it just but it but we you know. And to this day, if if we were to pick up the phone and we were just saying, hey, we're going to have a family reunion in this this time here, I know they would all drive up from Atlanta to be here. There's no doubt. They ask yeah. about you all the time. I remember as a kid, we began reading the Bible in the home. We did that yeah. in the more in the yep. evening. We do uh, before we went to bed. Why the Bible, and why was that? Why do you think that was important? Well, because the Bible really had the, of, of course, you know, the words of God, but direction provided so much direction in our lives, and we used to do it in front of the fireplace, uh, you know just because that was the only place to really sit around in the, in the house. And, uh, uh, and we'd do it at night. And we would, uh, uh, we'd all, uh, and then we'd discuss, you know, what did you hear in that? Is there a message in there that you, and we would have a conversation. But, you know, and then there were other times when, okay, it was over with and everybody would, right. all oh, gone. Yeah. Right, right, so, right. you know, it was just a matter of, trying to teach mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, our friends, our friends' um, children. I mean, we were, yeah, were, we were not yeah. infringing were, yeah. Yeah. upon their parents' rights, but we were doing things in our house that we do at our house, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's true. So what inspires you today? What, what, what inspires you? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, just, uh, you know, the things that uh, inspire me are, are just, number one, your mother. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, a pushy kind of inspiration, mm-hmm. but we love each other. And I, I, I believe that we probably say we, you know, I love you a good <laughs> 10, 12 times a day. <laughs> That's true. I can yeah. testify that. I mean, yeah. it, it just, uh, um, but, um, um, you know, having life with your mother is, is, is just a wonderful thing for me. And it, it is, it's all I look forward to every day is just getting up and being with your mom. That's fantastic. And, That's beautiful. You know, and I also know that if, you know, if I don't include her in, in my in what's going on that day, uh, they'll be uh, they'll 
be trouble on the horizon. Be some consequences, right? Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's but uh, no, we, we just enjoy each other very much. And, and we have humor in everything that we do. And, and uh, we love to laugh and, and kid around. Now, remember, even, even in bad times, you always had humor. <laughs> or if we, you know, if we lost something, well, we don't have to wash that anymore, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. or whatever it happened to be, right? Yeah. Or uh, always, and oftentimes deprecating humor. Listen, I remember bad times when we used to go down and take a bath in the creek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad time, right? That's, yeah. that's a bad time. That's it. That's, that's it. That's when you don't have a bathtub. Yep. That's what you do. That's what you do. That's right. Well, that's, and those fish can tickle you. <laughs> that's right. I bet. I yeah. bet. So, so if you could go back in time and meet, meet your younger self, I always ask everybody this, what would you tell yourself if you go back 65, 70 years and meet yourself, what would you tell yourself? God, that many years? Yeah, 15 years, maybe <laughs> five. What <laughs> would you tell your younger self? Uh, I just, uh, man, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I could say, uh, you know, um, Listen to your mother, <laughs> and uh, um, and read your uh, read your Bible every day, and uh, uh, and think about what it really tells you. Um, Mom and I try to every night sit down and and read the Bible and read the Word, and we uh, and. Uh, um, and we don't always accomplish it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, there are things that pop up that, you know, and suddenly we look at each other and we say, God, it's so late, mm-hmm. you know. But I think just being honest with yourself about things like that mm-hmm. and, and, and just pursuing it, um, it uh, you know. Did I answer the question? Yeah, perfect. That's just fantastic. The, uh, you know, looking back uh, at, at times with, with kids, I have five sons. I've had them you know, do, do all kinds of different things. What was it? You remember you had a company car, and uh, a lot of people don't let people use their company car. And I, I'd use it. Anything ever happened with your company car? Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you what, you know, there's nothing like having a company car, and it's, it's just great. And especially when it's the company has said, you go on out and choose the car that you want. And instead of a company car, you get a four, you know, get a, you know, a four-door sedan. It's kind of blah, you know. But go out and get one. That's so I did, and went out and got a two-door Monte Carlo, and pretty slick looking, and everything, and everybody liked it, especially my son, <laughs> who probably took it out and totaled it. <laughs> and and uh, so. Uh, uh, we, uh, first thing I did was make sure we had insurance on it. And because we'd only had it four days. That's right. Less, that's true. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was good. I remember that, that was my second uh, car wreck that I remember vividly. And I remember being T-boned and all, all my friends wearing neck braces. That's right. After that at the yeah. hospital. So that was, that was a wild time. And you were, you know, for, for tolling a new car with less than 500 miles on it, yeah. uh, you were, you were very gracious. Uh, there was another car wreck. That, that, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Company car. Yeah. Company car. Yeah, we we yeah we never had to worry about selling company cars. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that good? That's a good way to go. That's, there you go. Your humor. Never worry about selling company cars. Yeah, yeah they never had to sell them. Never, <laughs> no, no. 
Well, they, they, we, we, we sold them for salvage, but yeah, we never right. sold them for it's, it's as a, a car. It's an easier market. You don't yeah, have oh, yeah, the yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah. They'd, they'd all pick them up. Couldn't drive them away. Was two hundred fifty dollars kind of a standard price? It makes it makes yeah. it easy. Oh yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Jump at the opportunity. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, there was a wreck that affected my life when I was five years old. I remember I was in a wreck, and I remember coming home and after that wreck and having a stutter. That's right. And I remember you taking me and what was it like? A discovering that stutter, and I remember inv you investing lots of time and going taking me to speech therapist and you and mom doing all that. But what's it like seeing a, a child's life just hit, boom? You speak normally, and then you it takes you two days to say your name. What was that like? Well, you know, it's really uh, it's, it's shocking. You know, it really is. But it's not something you express to the child. You know, mm -hmm. and the thing is, is that they you can only tell them that. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to get this taken care of, and then you begin to do something about it. I stuttered mm -hmm. as a child, and I didn't have a car wreck to do it, mm -hmm. but I stuttered as a child. And uh, I used to have a problem. I, I'd stand up in class, they'd ask me to read in French. Being mm -hmm. here, I was in Canada, read something in French, and I had the hardest time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and that, that started my stuttering. And then... Uh, um, you know, uh, but um, but I eventually was able to get over it after a number of years. Um, but um, uh, yours was caused from a different situation, and and thank God we were able to get the kind of treatment and therapy that we needed, that you needed. Nobody ever teased you about it or anything like that. Well, he teased a lot as a kid. The family, oh, nobody ever teased me for sure. But the family didn't. No, but, no. It was but, awful uh, school. But the family was very encouraging. In fact, one of the most amazing things about it is is you were talking about how to, uh, uh, I think the therapist said, to, to put me in, in situations or, or where I had to talk, which was horribly uncomfortable. And I had the first lemonade stand. And I had to point to my sign. And it was interesting how people would always ask. I made a sign, lemonade 50 cents. And I couldn't say... Eric, where E's, E's and W's are, are hard, and F's are ridiculously hard. And I'd point to it. they said, well, how much is it? And I'm like, F -f -f 50 cents. And I remember uh, being so excited uh, at, the, at, at learning that I never got paid 50 cents. I was given a dollar to five dollars because they tipped me because of, yeah. of the stutter. Yeah. And I also remember... Uh, Having a big day, and the second day I had a big day. I ended up selling all the all the glassware. What was it like coming coming home and knowing that that I had was an entrepreneur and sold all your glasses? Sold all the glasses that we had. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I guess your mother probably best described that by going, "What?" <laughs> and uh, but uh, we we bought uh, all new glasses the other day. The people did not bring them back. <laughs> And they were all pleased, and many of them still have those glasses to this day. I'm sure they do. Yeah. So, so who were your mentors? I mean, you worked at Walmart. You worked with some of the great leaders. Sam Walton was was there at one point in time. Then you had all the different people who who ran Walmart. Um, who who are people that you learned from? When, I tell you what, I, I learned more from one man, and uh, uh, by the name of Tony Motoshaw, and. Uh, uh, he was with uh, Navajo Freight Lines, and he was my r regional manager. And uh, um, he uh, he was always there to, uh, you know, if I had a, 
an, an issue, he'd guide me through it, and he was able to help me. And I even, you know, he helped me negotiate contracts and and things like this with the Teamsters Union. And uh, and because of him, I, I just gained the confidence that I needed to uh, uh, to be able to do that, you know, to uh, eventually go on my own and, you know, go to places like Chicago where the Teamsters are have a lot of notoriety, and I... I would actually, you know, negotiate the contract with the Teamsters. Mm -hmm. And I found out that an awful lot of the contracts by the Teamsters were negotiated in uh, in private. Mm -hmm. They were not, uh, you know, in front of all the men, and they were all voting on it and all this kind of stuff. But it, there was a pre-agreement mm -hmm. on a personal basis of what the company was willing to do and what the union was willing to accept and to go through all that. And it was the union's job at that point then to go and sell it. But, uh, um, yeah, Tony Mortishaw gave me the, uh, a lot of the direction and help that I, uh, that I needed. And, That's great. Know. I remember growing up, I, um, this is back in the days of the cassettes, cassette tapes. You had probably 100 different collections of books on tape. Yep. And you were an early ad ad adopter of that because you, you drive with 30, 45 minutes to an hour each way. And I remember Zig Ziglar. I, I remember Harvey McKay, Swim with Sharks to Not Get Eaten, <clears throat> Art of, art of you know, Communicating or pos Positioning. So you know, why did you do that? And then, then are there things you'd recommend to, to somebody today to listen to or to read? Well, there's a lot of good men out there that, that, are, that have these courses. That, uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, familiar yet. I mean, today with today's market and who's mm -hmm. out there doing mm -hmm. it, but but uh, uh, but uh, there's an awful lot to learn from other people, and that's the thing. You you, uh, uh, you have to believe that uh, you know other people are able to go ahead and and uh, and you have to uh, be receptive uh, to what they're what they're saying. They don't have to be the ones to give you the the total ABC, mm -hmm. but maybe you can use the the A and the C, mm -hmm. and not the B, and in what they're talking about, and it's really uh, uh, just knowing that other people are there that can that can teach you, and then of course I read a lot of books, and uh, uh, and that helps, it uh, it really does. So there's an awful lot of knowledge out there. That if somebody's interested in in gaining uh, insights into how to handle different things, whether they be union negotiations or whether they be mergers or or you know selling an entire company, this type of thing. There's books out there and people that can make you familiar on what to watch out for, and be careful, do this and do that. And uh, don't sign anything until you review it with your lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like good advice. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not good, 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 really good advice. Um, you know, so one thing I've learned from you also is being a lifetime learner. And we were just saying something, you, you, the A's and the A, B, C, learn A and C. And I think that that's something that's, you know, I've learned from you and from, from mom is just you can always learn something from, some, from just about everybody in life. And um, and to always be on the lookout of, of, of how you can learn and how you can improve yourself. Yep. And that's one of the things we want to do with setting your way to success is what are setbacks you've had? What have you learned? How did you have a 64-year marriage? How, how do you 
communicate? How, how do you how do you do, do things together? Yep. And those are the things that, that we're interested in, in learning more and more about. And it reminds me of why I was I was asked. I was at Chuck Norris Studios doing uh, my, my, my getting my I was a black belt there. And before I was a black belt, I was younger. I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old. And at that time, uh, he had a movie coming out. Chuck did called uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, and he was you know marketing it. And they still have the sticker of the house that has you know, a, a, a donkey kicking, and um, and he asked the they asked the question, you know, you know, all the kids and we're all you know different ages, 11, 12, 13 years old. Who do you want to be like when you grow up? And at that time, it was you know Sylvester Stallone was Rocky, right? And then you had uh, all all the different major major actors, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to be like this person or that. And I went around and I said, I want to be like my dad. And they stopped. You're like, what? You want to be like your dad? And they were like shocked by that. And I remember saying, the next book I write, I'm gonna, you're the only person that's ever, ever done that. And as I talk to you and go through this show, I know why I said that at age 13, because it's still true today. So, so it's wonderful to have you on the show today, Dad. It's, it's all, so I continue to learn much. from you um uh, every time every time we speak and and uh and try to emulate so, so many things uh, i've learned from you about overcoming obstacles uh pitfalls hearing you today talk about uh even today like why don't you have all that you have you have six grandchildren once you have all six together you yeah. have one at a time so you have one-on-one -on -one time and it seems right. like and they and by the way they're like their dad uh when i do take them all out for yeah. breakfast yeah, yeah. They let me buy. They still do that. That's a confession. To this day, I, I, my father buys me buys me my meals, and I'm grateful for that. And, it, and it's, it's funny. It used to be I leave my wallet in the car. When I was oh, younger. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm a little. Or you short get up change. and leave. You know. Yeah, right a, in the middle that's, of that's a patented move. Yeah. That's a patented. I, mean, I got to leave for a meeting. You're really yeah. fast on your feet. Now, yeah. My karate has helped you a lot. <laughs> Well, thank you for that. But that is true. That is true. You've, you've bought your fair share of meals. So thank, so thank you for that. But continue to learn even now. Like uh, yeah. It's going to be pay, payback someday. I'll be buying I'll buy, <laughs> buy my own kids quite a few meals along the way. So. Is that a promise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Dad, thanks for coming on the show today. Again, I hope our listeners have, have learned something from you as I have. And thank you for joining us today on Studying Your Way hey, to Success. This has been my pleasure. This is, this is really great. I, I truly love this, and it, uh, I tell you what, the environment that, that is created right here uh, is, is just like uh, a father and son being able to sit down and talk. That's great, Dad. And that's, that's great. Great. Thank you. Good having you on, and the only guest I ever say that, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, sir. Okay. Great. Thank you so much.